on this week's episode of Polk and Kush. We went to the French Quarter and we partied and you're gonna hear about it. Plus, training camp opens for the Saints and the mayor is spending a gazillion dollars on her own personal travel to leave where you are. Seems like a pretty good idea. We'll talk all about it. You're gonna wanna hear it right here, Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, July 28th, 2022. One of my favorite days of the year. I got an anniversary. I got a son's birthday. July 28th is a very good day. So it is a good uh, a good time to be a Kushner. Happy anniversary. Happy birthday to little Cushy. The little man. Yes. So uh, a lot of things happening right now in my household. And you're here with me. And I decided to spend <laughs> the day and the evening. I'm going to be camped out here in the Bud Light Tangerine Studio uh, for, you know, all of those those events. You told them you were going out to get cake and presents, <laughs> yeah. and you came here to play Simpsons Bowling. That's right. In, until I pass out in the new studio. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm here for. Uh, no, a, a whole lot happening uh, in my household, a lot less happening on the sports scene uh, at the moment. Although Saints training camp has gotten underway, we will, of course, get into that uh, in the next, uh, you know, during this show yeah uh, that'd be the best time <laughs> that'd be the best time we'll talk about that next week uh but we did get to hang out a yeah, little bit since we've extra, last met extracurricular polk and kush yes it was fun we met up with uh, the proud boys <laughs> the, th- the three percenters who are actually one percenters yes we went down Bourbon Street. It's so funny to listen to this show, and then it's like, you guys went where? Oh, to Bourbon Street? You weren't protesting? Yeah, yeah. we we uh, made the most of it. You guys certainly did. Yeah, full day. Uh, or Galatoires. Yeah, there's, uh, there's something about that Friday lunch. It is uh, a stuffy, rich, white thing in the, the definition of what... But it's a lot of fun. It really is. If you haven't done it before, the Friday lunch at Galatoire's is unquestionably fun. Uh, it, I, I think we were there. What time did you say that I saw you? Uh, I saw you around 530. I got off work and then walked to a strip club, which is always fun. <laughs> Well, there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> well, it's you know, it's like walk with your coworkers to the parking garage for safety, and then it's like you know what? I'm gonna real quick just run down Bourbon Street. I'm just gonna get some chicken strips real quick, and then I duck into Rick's. 
Uh, I think we were at lunch for uh, you know the, the equivalent of like a six overtime college football game. Uh, it was it was a scene. It was a very good time. Uh, highly recommended again to anybody looking to uh, you know. The food is whatever. You don't really go for the food. The food's fine, I suppose. I don't really remember. There the food. may have been food. There might have been food. There was a brass band. There was uh, a lot of jovial. Everyone's in a good mood. Everyone's having fun. It's one of those things where there's literally, uh, it doesn't matter where you are. If everyone is showing up to a place in a good mood with the expectation to have a good time, and there's no way for you to really get in each other's way of having that good time, like a restaurant's a perfect place for everyone to want to have fun because you're all sitting separately, mm-hmm. and no one, like, if you're at a concert and one guy's like wanting to really rage and the other person's kind of wanting to chill, you can really disrupt each other's fun. This is perfect. In uh, <laughs> no way can you really disrupt each other's fun. Everyone's having a great time, uh, and it is just a good vibe. What you're describing about how it's fun and easy to party at a restaurant, you could also transfer to a bus. <laughs> you could everybody's in their own seat yes if some guy in the back's got a bottle of hooch and if everybody went on the bus in the same mood that they would show up on friday to go what i'm saying is i don't think it's the restaurant that's necessarily that special Mm -hmm. i think it is the people showing up are in such a uh a perfect frame of mind in which to have a good time that if that could exist at pretty much anywhere we could all go to popeyes and if we were all doing that Everyone would be like, dude, Popeyes was the tits, man. It was, we had a great four hour meal in Popeyes. Everybody coming to Galatoire is in a great mood, too, because they're like, yeah, I just fired half my staff, <laughs> did some illegal <laughs> stock trades. I think it's legitimately, if you were to like ask, considering how many times people were singing happy birthday, I think I would say 80% of that restaurant was having a birthday. Man. It is. Uh, it's a very festive event. So anyway, uh, that was a great time. It's nice to you know occasionally remember things about New Orleans that we all kind of uh, touchstones that we all have fun and everybody had a good time and it was like a thing that you couldn't do really anywhere mm-hmm. else. Uh, so and I showed up and for you the showed after up. Party. It was great. You saw the the. Uh, I, I guess you were there for like the eye of the storm. I wasn't at Galatoire's because <laughs> I don't own a jacket, but I was at Rick's. Uh, you know, I used to work at Rick scraping the bubble gum off the seats, so I got in for free, thank God, and then I sat there and had a Red Bull while some lady who I think was the first stripper ever was our waitress. She looked like the the head nun on Sister Act. They're all very kind. It's a very it was a very kind time. You know what? If you say a stripper's kind, that's like saying a woman has a good personality. We know what it means. Yes, a nice, caring stripper. You can look into her eyes. She was very kind. I had a. I. I was not. I was there for the camaraderie of the men. I was not there to oogle. Yeah, I didn't even notice there was women there. I go honest. to strip clubs for the men. <laughs> I just. I just wanted a place to sit. Quite honestly, yeah. and you know, you go to the absent house. You got to stand. I don't want to deal with that. No, not at all. So, uh, <clears throat> no, it was a great time. It was a great night. Uh, thank, uh, thanks all the all the wives of that group uh, who dealt with their husbands the next day being completely worthless. We all appreciate it, including my uh, wonderful wife. Uh, Happy thank, birthday! Yeah, Happy no. anniversary! And my father-in-law <laughs> was in town to be like, "What happened to you?" I was like, "I got hit by a truck yeah. yesterday." 
Um, no, it was a very good time, but I don't know, man. I mean, how often can you make it out in the quarter anymore? I feel like that's like, I can do that maybe twice a year at this point. Yeah, probably. Um, I think Mardi Gras is going to be the big one. You got to save up all year for Mardi Gras. Yeah. To turn Friday in Mardi your, Gras is great. You're going to turn in your like good guy credits. So you yeah. can be a maniac <laughs> and, you know, fight a guy dressed up as Donald Duck or what have you. Are there holidays that you do in the French Quarter? I know some people do Halloween. Some people do Cru de Vue. Some people do like there's a handful of things where like a lot of locals go to the quarter. I guess Red Dress Run. Yeah. Like there's a there's not many, but I'd say there's like seven to eight days where there's a lot of locals in the quarter. Uh, my French Quarter holiday is better than Ezra at House of Blues. <laughs> For tailgate all day. That's yeah. my Hanukkah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I used to do Cru de Vue when everybody did it. Yeah. It's been weird the last couple of years, so sure. I didn't. I am doing Halloween in the quarter this year because I'm going to go see Mike Weeby and Dracula's. Uh, that's right. That's right. With toadies that's over at House right. of Blues. But uh, no, not really. I mean, Thanksgiving, I do at the track, Christmas. Yeah. Barbados. Yeah. <laughs> and by Barbados, I mean Bastrop, Louisiana. <laughs> Very similar. Smoking cigarettes out the window of my childhood bedroom. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm I'm down to celebrate in the quarter now because I'm you know I'm taking it a little easier than before. But yes. uh, you know, it's still it's it's the quarter, and and you got to go there every now and then to to validate living in new orleans yes because otherwise you're just in shreveport yeah you, you, you can stay around the periphery for a while and you know live a normal life but occasionally it's nice to parachute your way in and go who baby this is a, <laughs> there's a whole thing going on here every day it helps if you have uh, a wife or husband that can come by in a vehicle and pick you up <laughs> as soon as you want to go <laughs> Because it's always a ripcord exit from Bourbon Street. Yes. And we're like, well, I now, think I'm going to go hit the hay. I don't think I've ever been down there and looked at everyone I was with and be like, all right, guys, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> it was so much fun hanging out tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, let's call each other. No, it's like, uh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And instead, uh, by the time they realize that I'm not in the bathroom, I am home in bed. Yeah, when... Uh, <laughs> We were we were we were at a penthouse and you know Chaz went up to the monkey room and I was like all right I'm gonna sneak out of here real quick. <laughs> oh man, always a uh, always a great time, man. But you know what else is a really good time? Training camp. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, training camp. One of uh, the world's greatest traditions. Uh, training camp. It combines uh, the love of training <laughs> with a uh, place to do it, camp. If you really like football, but you don't like watching football. Or if you can't afford a ticket to a game in the beautiful Superdome, yes, you can go watch it in basically someone's yard. <laughs> if you like, if you like the the pageantry of the NFL, but you really like little league stadiums, then I think the it, it training feels, game is for you. It feels like uh, in Honey I Shrunk the Kids <laughs> when they're like riding the ant. Yes, it and the magnifying glasses out or whatever. It feels like that. It feels like you're Honey I Shrunk the Kids. The sun is ten thousand times more powerful. 
It's brutal out there, man. There's no sunblock. There's only Michelob Ultra. <laughs> it is, it is uh, an interesting crowd out there that goes to watch training camp. I don't know if today's was open to Today, the public or not. Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. Today's was the first. Though. Yes. Uh, so the, we're talking on Wednesday. Uh, it was the, the opening of training camp. Uh, the biggest news that came out of today, more than anything, really, is the fact that Michael Thomas... Uh, still plays for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. That uh, we thought that to be the case, but we really didn't have any evidence of it uh, for about two years now. Uh, Thomas addressed the media. He also was out on the practice field. Uh, I think that is a uh, his storyline is one of those that everyone is kind of quietly worried about, but and and has kind of. Everyone's got their own assumption on what Mike Thomas is at this point, uh, but it is a huge X factor in this season. Yeah, he spoke today. He's on the pup list currently, I think, with Marcus Davenport. Uh, That doesn't really have any real bearing on the season. Uh, No. But, you know, Michael Thomas being there on the first day of practice – Good sign. He spoke to the media. Mm-hmm. He uh, wants to be in New Orleans. This is something I'm hearing more and more. So he says. They all they love New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Zion and Mike Thomas. I can't think of two people that you know embrace this place more. Uh, we need Michael Thomas to embrace the city. We need him to go down to the YMCA <laughs> with his stepdad and start dunking on kids. <laughs> And that and that kind of behavior begins at the podium at training camp. So we're on the we're in the correct direction. Yeah. So apparently the Saints took him off the pup list after a workout today. It says the according to Luke Johnson at Noel.com, so the workout was satisfactory enough that the Saints removed him from the list. So I guess he's ready to practice. Who knows? Um and he was out there uh, at the start of practice taking his first official steps toward reclaiming his status as one of the NFL's most dangerous pass catchers. Thomas said, quote, uh, man, I am a kind of lost for words. I didn't want to come up here and get emotional or anything. It was a blessing to be back out there with my guys, put my hand back in the pile and just be out there to perfect my craft and compete. Uh, if you recall, 2019... It was a different world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Thomas led the NFL in catches and in yards. Now, the Saints were very different. The quarterback was very different. The coach was very different. Everything about this was very different. But he is uh, a guy who has the ability to change the complexion of the offense and change the complexion of what Jameis Winston is capable of doing if he is back in that form. And it does seem like he wants to to get back to that place based on what he was saying today, which is he is committed. He seems to be putting the past behind him. There does not seem to be hard feelings with the franchise Mm -hmm. and the franchise does not seem to be having hard feelings with him. He did keep some receipts on the media. Uh, He had a snap back at Jeff Duncan a little bit, which I found humorous of nothing else. Um, But that's, I mean, that's uh, so much of the season is just, is Mike Thomas going to be back to being that guy? What was the Jeff Duncan snap back? So, Clap back. So Jeff, I guess, asked, he's like, we, you haven't talked to the media in two years. He's like, can you just tell us what happened? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, some of you guys, you know, you. He's like, I read it. He's like, you know, ran with some stuff that was bullshit or whatever. And Jeff's like, well, you wouldn't talk. He's like, 
He's like, tell us what happened. And he's like, he's like, you know, you can talk to my trainers and doctors and whatever, which is lame. Yeah. It's like no one, the doctors aren't trainers aren't going to talk. No. So it's like, if you had something to say of what happened and what we all know what happened at this point, Michael Thomas, uh, got hurt during the season he put off having surgery for as long as possible, thought he could just rehab and get back on the field. Got hurt because of Sean Payton. Got hurt, yes. And running up the score late in the game for absolutely no reason. Let's not forget that. Um, <laughs> we cannot let the people forget that. And then he didn't have surgery, and it lingered and lingered and lingered. He finally realized he had to have surgery, and by that time it kept him out. And then as that was going on, he then had a setback. But it appears he's passed all of that. Um, but that was obviously a contentious time. I mean, that was the decision to not have surgery was obviously screwed up by someone. Here's how I stand on the situation. I'm so worn out by the Zion speculation mm-hmm. and the back and forth. And now Zion is back and everything is hunky-dory and great. Yeah. I don't really care about any of the Michael Thomas stuff (laughs) because it also happened at the perfect time. We were all worried about dying. (laughs) So I don't care where he was or what he was doing or if he gives a shit about this city or not. If he shows up and plays this season, who dat? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I, I think we can all. I think everyone had the right to be pissed at him. Uh, and now I think it's, the right for everyone to get over it. Yeah. Be like, let's watch him play. He didn't he didn't say anything wrong and he didn't his behavior wasn't bad. I think he screwed up. Uh and he probably made a decision that was selfish, but it's over. Like it doesn't matter anymore. And him being back on the field uh changes so, so, so much about this team. The other problem that the Saints have right now is that the other huge weapon is Alvin Kamara. We don't know what his status is yet because they have not yet uh, come out with whatever the suspension is supposed to be. In the meantime, I believe the Saints went ahead and signed a running back uh, to kind of, you know, at least bolster the depth on what is a pretty thin position at this point. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know, man. Like, it feels like there just should be a lot better on offense, right? They should be. I, I You know, it's exciting to see... And it's, it's weird to think about. We've never seen Michael Thomas with a quarterback who had an arm yeah. that functioned yeah. like an athlete's arm would. Yeah. I'm excited to see it, uh, but the Alvin Kamara gap is going to be the story of this training yeah. camp of the first few games of the season. We still don't have any frame i think some people were estimating as many as seven games suspension which seems like quite a crazy and now he did a shitty thing now can we distract the nfl commission by getting adam troutman to kidnap somebody (laughs) what if he got kidnapped (laughs) if he gets kidnapped i think this camara stuff goes away you want to be a team player make the news buddy walk down saint claude back and forth See what happens. Yeah. Have a solid gold bicycle on you. Just see if you can distract from the... Look, Jameis is going to have to eat a lot of W's to get this out of the news. Yes. 
I think you know, Trump is coming back, and maybe these guys <laughs> need to just give a call to the master of distraction and showmanship, right? And figure out how to get the, the horrible NFL and the media; those jerks uh, flood the zone. Yeah, that's the Trump, right? We just flood the zone Let's with flood bullshit. It. If everyone gets arrested, they can't suspend everyone. That's true. So, you, are the Saints just not going to play? <laughs> I mean, I guess that was the COVID game last year. They had like 11 players on the team. Yeah, they kind of let them do it. So. No, there could be you know. a Camara absence. But don't worry, the Saints have addressed it by signing Malcolm Brown. Well, then I think we're good. Yeah, he's, uh, I think, a nine-year vet. Yeah. Uh, a couple of touchdowns somewhere along the way. <laughs> they were bringing in, like, good names. David, yeah, David Johnson came in yeah, yeah. and uh, Sony... Uh, Michelle. Michelle. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Michael. Yeah, close enough. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, if this was five years ago, boy, howdy. <laughs> yeah. That'd yeah. be nice. Yeah. But it's not. So we've got Malcolm Brown and Nick Mullen and Scott uh, Kushner at defensive <laughs> end. What the fuck? Yeah. I, I, I don't. These are signings, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and I think Mark Ingram is still on the team, too. So that'll, you know, I don't know if he's, what he's got left in the tank. Big at this point. Ingram news. Oh, yeah. He's got the number uh, five now. So that's his third number in New Orleans? He's had a lot of numbers. It's his fourth <laughs> number. He was 28, then 22, then last year he was 14, 14. and now he's five. Yeah. Apparently, Tyron Matthew won at number five, too. Yeah. And, um,. I thought at some point that was promised to him. So did I. Well, anyway, uh, New Orleans Saints royalty, the Red Rocket. Andy Dalton, he has 14 now. Tough. He's got to be the first redheaded Saints player, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, since the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, There was some electrical contractor out there doing left tackle. God, I I hope he doesn't have to play. But the... The, every time Jameis talks, I do get excited because I'm like, he he really does have a, a a captivating quality to him that is so easy to follow. And you're like, this guy, he's the opposite of Drew Brees in mm-hmm. that way. And that when he talks, I'm very interested. But then I finish his talking. I'm like, I don't I don't know if I believe anything that he just said. But while he's talking, I'm like, man, this guy, he really can. He can wrap you up uh, emotionally. And he he does feel like he kind of knows the spot he's at in his career, which is Mm -hmm. like he's got some stats and he's like starting NFL quarterback and all stuff. But like he's pretty much seen as a failure uh, for being the number one overall pick at this point. And if he can't get it together on a team this talented, uh, his legacy is pretty well screwed. And I think he knows it. And I think he's taking it seriously, certainly more seriously, I felt like than he did in Tampa. Uh, and that's a good thing, man. Like, I, I, he's obviously skilled. It is just those little things that, like, can he climb the pocket? Can he convert third downs? Can he not throw, like, bizarre random ground balls and bizarre interceptions kind of out of nowhere? Well, I, failure might be a little harsh for somebody as young as him. And today uh, at training camp, he spoke of, of gratefulness and being grateful to play. So. Yeah. You know, that speaks to the humility in him recognizing the opportunity he has. I think kind of with what he's had with the Saints, he's done as well as he possibly could outside of his injury. Mm -hmm. 
the, the there's a big question mark still on Jameis Winston, yeah. and it's not it's not way and heavy on me. I want to see him out there with some people to throw to. Yeah, and then you know, four games into the season, that's when that's when you could actually say something about this. Yeah, you know, we were we kind of had. Uh, we were very reserved about the victories last season at the beginning with Jameis because they were eked out by the defense. Yeah. We had no idea where the Saints were going. We had no idea what the Bucks were going to do in the division yeah. specifically. So it was just like, you know, just like this clinched kind of waiting to see what would happen. And then when he got yeah. injured, it was like, all right, well, this is what we expected. Mm-hmm. It's very guarded. Yeah, yeah. All the optimism, even though they were like, four and two, and I guess I guess they won that game. He got hurt, so they were five and two. It's but just it never felt. Sa- it's going to be satisfying to see him out there with people. Yeah. It can put a period or an exclamation point at the end of the Jameis question. Yeah, and then you know we can get back to what really matters: Adam Troutman <laughs> committing <laughs> murder to keep Alvin Kamara. <laughs> On the field. He doesn't really have to do it. He can just be a suspect. That's true. Or maybe he could beat somebody up in an elevator, double jeopardy. A patsy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what we need. We need a patsy. Uh, he's the perfect patsy. Have you seen The Prestige? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it involves a twin, <laughs> a twin going to jail for the other one. Adam Troutman and Kamara, it's like looking in a mirror. <laughs> Send Troutman to jail. Uh, look, the Jameis thing, man, like... Last year made me crazy because it was Sean Payton had just kind of decided that, like, he got stuck in the situation. I don't think Sean Payton was very happy being in the position where he had to play Jameis. And he, he they just they played the most boring possible style, with the exception of that Packers game, the first game of the year, and mostly because they played so well in that game mm-hmm. that he was allowed to do it. But every other game was like, just keep Jameis from making a mistake. They were so terrified of 30 interception Jameis coming back out and kill and beating and you know and, and kind of killing their own defense that they played the most boring milk toast game plan and did not let Jameis open it up. Now you have invested in Jameis, you are saying this is your guy. You've told Taysom Hill to go become the tight end. Andy Dalton is a very obvious backup. Like this is what you've decided the direction to go in as a franchise. Give the guy a chance to f- succeed or fail with his play. This training wheels bullshit. I don't want to see that this season mm-hmm. at all. I'd, I, I, if he throws a hundred interceptions, let him throw a hundred interceptions and then cut him and move on and go do something else. Or he opens it up and he's great, and then you can move forward with him as your quarterback for the next ten years. This you can't do what you did last year again. I understand that's probably the easiest way to win or the smartest way to win nine games, eke into the playoffs and whatever. But let's see who Jameis is this year. And I think they're going to open it up more mm-hmm. in camp for him. I think you're going to have a better idea who he is, and hopefully Dennis Allen isn't as big of a bitch as Sean Payton was about it. And I. I understood why he did it. And, you know, if you're like looking at the most calculating possible way as the head coach to just make the playoffs, that was definitely the way to do it. But I don't think you're in that position now. As a first year coach, you got to see what you got, man. Let the guy go play, let him make his mistakes, let him find his successes. Like, and then if it, 
if it falls on its face, the worst thing that happens is you have a bad season and then you draft high and you pick a quarterback next year. I think that's exactly what the Saints need to do. And if they're letting Jameis air it out, it's not going to be boring. No, it could be frustrating. <laughs> I mean, the thing about 30 interception Jameis is that was 32 touchdown Jameis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's going to have real weapons this year. And that was the other thing last year. He had no receivers. Mm-hmm. It was the worst receivers in 20-plus years of the Saints um, since had, Andre uh, Hastings was the number one, you know? Yeah, Deontay Hardy from uh, Game of Thrones. Remember? <laughs> I mean, they, they had nothing last year uh, at receiver. It was horrible. So they've got guys that, like... This is the time you cannot play the same game plan as last year. And that's why I think the argument of like, oh, there were five and two with Jameis and he was great is a little bit disingenuous because it really wasn't about Jameis. Mm -hmm. It was really they 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 limited him to be like the smallest possible part of an offense an NFL quarterback can be. And he did fine in that role. But now I think you need to see a lot more from him. You need to let him be the guy that's either going to carry you or sink you. And that's fine. I mean, they got a talented enough team that if he's great, the Saints are going to be really freaking good. And I think that's what you should go shoot for, is to be really freaking good. You heard it here first. Let's go be really freaking good. Who dad? Yeah. So uh, are you going to make a training camp at all this year? Yeah, I'm going to go to one. I don't know which one, but yeah. I'll be there. I'll have my nacho hat, yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> they have out there. I'll have a three-year-old drenched in sweat and his little helmet on and his j- black jersey and pants. <laughs> and it's you know, 150 degrees outside. We'll both be puddles of human beings by the time, yeah. you know. I'm going to be dressed like Marlon Brando on uh, the d- island of Dr. Moreau. I'm gonna, have a, I'm gonna be drinking out of a coconut, Hawaiian shirt. I thought you were gonna say like Colonel Kurtz <laughs> in no. Apocalypse Now. Come on, this is a Doctor Moreau. Hey, <laughs> Doctor Moreau. Yeah, a lot of people get the, all the references we've thrown out tonight. Uh, well, on that note, we will take a quick break. Uh, we'll come back with some local news as well as, of course, the worst of the week. Stick around. Be right back, Paul and Kush. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! Hell on Oak, everybody. Your favorite bar, my favorite bar, everybody's favorite uptown patio bar. The loveliest little slice of outdoor space in all of uptown New Orleans. 30 beers on tap. A full menu of wonderful, glorious, homemade food. All of the beer you can drink. All of the liquor you can consume, all of the wine that you can dream of, they've got it all at Ale on Oak, a wonderful place to watch sports, to drink beer, and to hang out outside. You tell me what are better things to do than that. I'm fresh out of ideas. (laughs) That's all I got. Anytime somebody's like, what should we do? Best answer? Ale on Oak. Just go to Ale. Uh, it is an, a lovely time to go take a streetcar ride, and you can just stop right there on Carrollton and Oak Street and walk half a block, and you're right there. You're looking for fun things to do that aren't very expensive? Take a streetcar ride. You know what I like about Ale, uh, besides the spacious patio and the friendly staff What's and the that? local sports on TV? It's easy to park. It is. There's always spots on the street, and you can park there, 
and you're not a mile away, like you're at some beer garden and you got to park at a post office. <laughs> There's <laughs> parking immediately out front. Yes. It is uh, a nice thing, and Oak Street's got plentiful places to go, but also mm-hmm. plentiful parking uh, at your disposal. Uh, you know, the chances of you getting struck by lightning there are really low. Very low. It's one of the lowest lightning strike areas in the city. So I think that's a, a, a real benefit that nobody really ever talks about. Yeah. You can hang out outside without getting struck by lightning. And uh, <laughs> they haven't lost power this week. No, they're the only place in New Orleans that hasn't. And, uh, you know, if you go there, I bet you're not going to run into any sort of public official that's been drinking a lot and will try and fight you. Ale is, is a place that keeps the riffraff out. The riffraff out, the fun people in. It's like if Galatoire's was a bar. <laughs> but seriously, ale is great. There's really nothing to not like about it. Uh, you go there, you hang out at a patio with plentiful shade and fans and televisions. Uh, you can bet on baseball games. You can hang out with your friends. You can drink beers. You can eat very good food. Uh, what are you not doing? Just go to Ale on Oak and enjoy your time. Go to Ale. Come on. Tell what, them that we sent you. What else are you doing? You're not doing anything. You're breaking Ale's heart by not being there. <laughs> Why aren't you there right now? Go to Ale. Shark. It kind of sounds like I'm saying go to hell. Go to hell. <laughs> oh. Next time you're in a fight with somebody, hey, buddy, go to Ale. You're going to like it <laughs> so much. Tell them Polk and Kush sent you. Ah, oh, that is a sponsor. Not for long. (laughs) (laughs) Once someone gets struck by lightning, we're pretty fucked. Yeah, they're like, hey, this took away all of Polk and Kush's credibility. (laughs) Well, why don't we talk about the city? It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and you put past in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> but you know what? First, I love a good joke. You want to tell some jokes? I would love to hear a couple of jokes. Give me some jokes, baby. I'm going to do these like monologue style. I got some jokes for the show. It's like the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Okay. Or whoever's hosting it now. Aquafina. <laughs> 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 I mean, if there's ever a time to unveil some just some jokes, I think uh, late July is about the time to do. Yeah, it I think program. so. Yeah, I'm gonna do my uh, late night show voice too. Okay, All do right. you want me to be the cackling audience, or you want me to actually laugh because it's funny? I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> The Los Angeles Rams used input from their players on the look of their Super Bowl rings, resulting in what the designers call the greatest Super Bowl ring in history. Aaron Donald suggested using sapphire. Cooper Cup recommended citrine, while Matt Gay asked, Why do you think I'd be good at designing rings? The Rams will also be selling replica rings that are built to scale and include real gemstones and an informative pamphlet explaining to the citizens of Los Angeles what football is. (laughs) I like the first joke better. 
That was one full joke. Well, the first half of the joke was better because of the gay part. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Logan Paul, a man who became an internet sensation after filming himself throwing Pokemon balls at Japanese people and later boxed Floyd Mayweather in an exhibition match, has signed a contract with the WWE. In a statement, Logan said, It's time to continue doing what I love. Entertaining the dumbest, fattest people in America. (laughs) Did you hear about this, folks? (laughs) This week on Twitter, former Seattle Supersonics coach George Carl trended after asking the question, who are the best five white players of all time? With a record number of responses listing Larry Bird, Dirk Nowitzki, and half of Steph Curry. (laughs) Twitter said they expected double the responses, but then remembered a bunch of people from January 6th are in prison. Do you want me to read one? Are we doing this norm style? Here here about this, folks. Uh, Tampa Bay running back Leonard Fournette arrived at training camp overweight and the internet responded with jabs and memes with Fournette responding on Twitter, ending his tweet with, quote, see y'all on September 11th. Alarming many conspiracy theorists. Fournette realized his gaffe, apologized, saying the only thing he hated more than terrorism was salad. <laughs> That's fun, right? <laughs> Rockstar Games has announced, uh, following a culture shift to the studio, that the highly anticipated sequel, Grand Theft Auto 6, will feature a female Latina lead character, finally allowing male gamers to play out the incredibly far-fetched scenario of a woman driving recklessly. Uh, Why don't you bring us home? Okay, last one. It's the best one. All right. There's a female-centric sports bar in Portland called the Sports Bra that only shows women's sports. Each day, the line to get in is down the block, but that's only because the door is kind of hard to open. And those were jokes, everybody. If you like jokes, uh, I would uh, please email us, polkandcushatgmail.com, and tell us you like the jokes. I love the jokes. Polk is very good at writing jokes. I have no ability to do that. Professional-level jokes. Those are great. Only here on Polk and Kush. That was great. No. I, I hope you guys liked them. If you did, let us know. It'll be a lot more work for me. <laughs> 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 maybe not an every week segment. Maybe an every couple of weeks. Segment. I'm gonna try to hold. This is my, like a lot of work. I'm gonna hold myself to it. I yeah. wrote that Grand Theft Auto one right before you walked in the door. Those are good. Those are good. <laughs> no, you got to get the jokes out somewhere. That's very funny. All right. Uh, well, we're not- in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. What's not as funny is uh, uh, everything happening inside the city right now. So. We try again not to just harp on endless amounts of crime mm-hmm. and how, you know, general the scariness of uh, going around this city is and the living in cold blooded fear all the time. Uh, however, uh, it is, you know, there's some stuff to talk about otherwise that also sucks. Uh, <laughs> so it turns out our mayor, you might remember her as being the worst person on planet Earth, uh, Latoya Cantrell. 
she uh, has traveled all kinds of places uh, in the past year on the uh, as an official representative of the city. Not necessarily on the city's dime, but do we have some figures there. Uh, was it eighty thousand dollars? So far, it is $80,000 just from January until June. That would not include the trips to uh, Switzerland or France. Goodness. Um, that is at $80,000. Right before uh, we went to air, um, WDSU, a reporter with WDSU, tweeted that they had gotten the uh, receipt for the plane ticket to Switzerland, and that was... Uh, almost $10,000 on its own. So $90,000 confirmed without the uh and That's France just the trip. flight. Yeah. That's before she, you know, spent a dollar while there. Correct. Unbelievable, man. The the brass balls uh on this woman to keep leaving this city in the state that it's in to be like I'm trying to forge relationships with tiny places and other parts and other really nice parts of the world where none of these people were ever in a million years went to leave their lovely little enclave to come to our burning cesspool of fire. Uh, like, this is crazy. It's insane. If New Orleans is going to have sister cities, it needs to be like very specific. It needs to be New Orleans, sister city to Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Sister city to uh, uh, Rikers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wherever it, it, it really, you know, like the Punjabi prison, wherever that is, that should be where <laughs> our sister city is. Uh, it shouldn't be Switzerland. No, like the, the south of France. Yeah. You know, I was like, those people, if they come here, they're going to be. They're going to hate their government so much for signing this agreement. Yeah, they're going to come here. We're going to take their bread and then <laughs> push them off a cliff. I mean, it is, uh, you know, and then today uh, she comes out and uh, and they, uh, I guess, Helena Moreno was at a meeting uh, and they asked her, like, why will the mayor be at the next meeting that's next week? And there she was. She was like, nope, she's going to be in Singapore next Singapore for a conference. And the people in the committee, just a bunch of old black ladies, just started going ham. They were pissed. And they're like, what is going on? What are we doing? What is all this shit? And I was like, yeah, that's the reaction of everyone at this point. And I think it's pretty clear at this level. Uh, she doesn't care. She doesn't care what you think. She doesn't care what I think. She doesn't care the people who used to support her, the people who have always hated her. It doesn't matter. She is coasting for the next three years. This is not like someone with like senioritis with mm -hmm. six months left in the job. She's got three years, and she does not care. She has no answers to fix the problems, and she doesn't really want to deal with it. Now, Singapore, uh, what I know of it is they tolerate not only no crime but yeah. almost no anything no i remember like one of the first big news stories when i like was forming memories was somebody spray painted graffiti in singapore and then got caned like on television or yes something. i don't know it was on television but it was major news yes and it's still like that over there yeah so she's gonna go over there and if she has adapted to the culture of fellow New Orleanians, she's going to litter. <laughs> yeah, just 
finish your stuff. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? They're going to lock her up forever over there. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be cool? It could be a thing. And then we're going to have to trade (laughs) Brittany Griner to get her. I called her Greener on the last episode. Some people are like, what? I I don't know. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) You knew who I meant. Um, Yeah, man. I can't believe she's leaving again. I also can't believe she took a $10,000 flight. Yes, she was on the Spruce Goose. $10,000. Like, the the lack... You just have to have sandpaper skin to be a politician and know that everyone in your community thinks that you are a fraud and you're not helpful and she, I think at one point she was really popular, even during COVID when she was controversial. I mm-hmm. think people, there was a, a very large sect of the community that thought she was looking out for the average citizen's best interest, which I disagreed with that. I thought she was wrong, but I could understand the other point of view of mm-hmm. like, let's shut everything down because we want to be safe and all that sort of, I, you know, we could, polite minds can disagree. We weren't that polite about it, but- I got the perspective. Now it is just such a catastrophe on every level, uh, starting with the NOPD, going to the streets, the trash pickup, to the business side, to the uh, everything. Everything is a goddamn mess. And now she's just leaving, just leaving all the time and spending taxpayer money to do it and going to, she's not going to like a conference in Alabama. Mm -hmm. She's going to incredibly... Uh, lovely places that are very clearly vacations for her personal vacations, and it is—it's uh, such a slap in the face that you almost have to admire it. I mean, she's living out the fantasy of every citizen in New Orleans right now. She's yeah. leaving. <laughs> I don't know how it cost ten thousand dollars to fly over there. Did they just find out about this trip? Yeah. I, I, in, I guess their so, own Priceline with uh, William Shatner. <laughs> how many? How many people were on the trip? I feel like you could book a private jet for like fifteen. Yeah, I mean ten ten thousand dollars. That's this beyond is a port first city. Class. Hop on a boat. Yeah, <laughs> take the Titanic. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's just beyond. I mean, that's first class and more. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, she's. I mean, for ten thousand dollars, you get to fly the plane. I think. Yeah, I don't know what they're rubbing her feet. I mean, what, what are we doing here? She uh, gets the sharper image seat. Yeah, you know, she hasn't paid her taxes in, you know, ever. So um, there, it's just gotten very frustrating. It, it it just feels like she's given up, and I think that's probably the most uh, disappointing aspect of this whole thing because you want to fight the fight with people who you disagree with, right? And it's like, you know, I don't like a lot of politicians, mm-hmm. and we can go back. Whatever. Uh, I feel like she doesn't even... She's just over it at this point. I think it's a good strategy during hurricane season to be halfway across the globe. (laughs) So then, you know, uh, if Ida, too, strikes and we're going to be without power for 21 days, she's like, well, I'm... Stuck in Antigua. <laughs> I have a $9,000 a night hotel room in Singapore. I don't yeah. know what I can do about it. I mean, if somebody wants to come over, <laughs> if you guys can get here, you know. Like it, you know, it's like, it's as if she's never heard of Zoom. 
It's like we lived our whole life on Zoom. Like you could just jump on a conference call uh, at one of these things and be like, you know, give a speech for 30 minutes and go back to work. And she, it's very clear she has no interest. She in has not heard of Zoom. She has the face of somebody that would have to call like a grandchild over a PDF. <laughs> she does not know what Zoom is. <laughs> Do you, is that the face of somebody that can fill out a PDF and save it? No. Uh, oh, man. Uh, in other news that's going on right now, did you follow the Jason Williams trial at all? I know that it's like eight days without a verdict. I know he's writing off Spotify as a business expense. <laughs> it's $9. <laughs> Pay for Spotify. He's doing fucking hot yoga with goats. It's always a great trial. So the district attorney, Jason Williams, is on trial for tax evasion, I guess is what you'd call it. Tax yeah. fraud. Uh, and the crux of the argument seemed to be his representation be like, no, he's just stupid. <laughs> and, 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 the, uh, def and the prosecution being like, no, he's, he's so stupid that he's a criminal and he's bad at it. <laughs> And so the everybody's just sitting there calling the, our own district attorney, duly elected district attorney for the mm -hmm. next six years, uh, a moron who doesn't understand how money and taxes work. And uh, yeah, this is what he's put himself through. And now it's been several days uh, of the jury, I guess, arguing with themselves how stupid he is. Like, is he so stupid that he didn't know how to pay taxes or is he so dumb that he intentionally didn't pay the taxes and then he got caught. And what do you think this jury's like? Because they always say, you you know, a jury, you're going to get judged and juried by people that are too stupid to get out of jury duty. Mm -hmm. <sighs> yeah. So it's a real, uh, it's a real spelling bee going over in the court. <laughs> you just, I, I don't know what you can really ask of a jury, but I would think you would want the tax records of the people on the jury if you were the prosecution here. Because there's got to be at least one person on that panel that doesn't pay their taxes who's like, yeah, man, this, I, I'm with this motherfucker. <laughs> like, screw these guys. I'm not paying taxes either. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know if you could do that in New Orleans. There's some just to trial. full anarchist on the, on, the, on the jury who doesn't believe in roads. It really goes to show how far a name will get you in politics. Like, if your name was Michael Jordan, you could run for a political position, and people would just check yes on that box because there's such a pleasant association with that name. People saw Jason Williams. Yeah. They thought of either the Nets player that killed that guy or <laughs> white, white chocolate. chocolate. Either one, good athlete. Uh, I, I just... What a humiliating experience for the district attorney. As if this year hasn't been humiliating enough with every person he's let out of jail goes and immediately carjacks someone. Um, you know, this seems like a pretty bad thing. And then the very last story we'll talk about here uh, on the local breakdown, uh, really dispiriting uh, about the New Orleans Police Department right now. Uh, in case you missed it, a uh, an officer quit midway through his shift said that there were uh, and he he at the time when he showed up he was the only person on patrol in his district uh, and there was uh, 35 total cops on duty at the for an overnight shift uh, covering the entirety of the city 
The entirety of Orleans Parish, that would be? entirety of Orleans Parish, which is like 370,000 people, not to mention the tourists and whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there's a little bit of crime that goes on a day-to-day basis. It's not like 370,000 Singaporeans who... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who were picking up their trash, you know? Uh, and I think he said the call log was like 40 plus deep. Uh, it, it sounds like a really bad scene at NFPD. They're hemorrhaging officers. They're under uh, 950 officers. are budgeted for like 1,600. It is uh, very, very depressing. And at the same time, like while you're like, fuck that guy for quitting in the middle of the shift, you're also like, eh, I get it. Yeah, I wonder if it was like uh, in half baked when he quit and was like, yeah. "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, you're cool." Yeah, exactly. I mean, they interviewed this guy I think on Fox Eight because Sean Ferguson was you know saying he like a, you know abandoned his city and yeah. turned his back on his brothers. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't get it at this point. Yeah, like. Uh, you're talking about 35 police officers. That's one police officer for every 10,000 people in a city. And that affects stuff like backup for dangerous situations. Yeah. He's like, it's scary. Yeah. What's, you know, is he going to run into a situation where he's going to be completely alone? Yeah. There's a lot of uh, different factors there. I I don't think that guy's a a bad dude. I, uh, I, you know, no, I mean, it, you're right. Like, a lot of people don't respect cops, which, whatever, I get that on some level. But it's like, you're not going to go... Just because you're trying to stop someone from doing something bad and you have an, uh, a uniform on, they're not going to stop. Right. And they're not just going to give in and allow themselves to be arrested. The reason cops win most of those battles between, you know, as things happen is because they usually have the numbers rather than the single criminal. Uh, when it's one versus one, things can get really hairy really quickly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's really not an amount of money I think you could pay me to become a New Orleans police officer. No, and now there's there's just, like, billboards that just say join NOPD around yeah. New Orleans. And, you know, you see that and you go, why? Why yeah. would I do that? Yeah. And that's the craziest part is there is they had a, the, I guess the uh, paper found a bunch of exit interviews that people had given. And almost none of the times, unlike almost any job that's ever existed, almost none of the reasons people were leaving was money. Mm-hmm. Like, so you can't just spend your way out of this. We have a budget for 1,600 officers. You could give these 900 whatever a lot more money. Uh, they've got the money. This is the one time New Orleans is not cash-strapped in something. They just cannot find anyone to do the job. And I get it, man. That is a thankless, shitty, dangerous, scary job. Yeah, it is. And so, like, what are you going to do, you know? Start a podcast. <laughs> like, so they just leave and go to other departments where it's less scary and I less, mean, you know? Uh, I don't... And, it's, I, and, and I guess they feel like they're helping something i think that's the that's the overarching right there's just like a level of like hopelessness to it like the the dude that was on wds or the the guy that was on fox today uh joined the academy when he was 20 and a half that's like the age that you can join and he like had a desire to serve and 
You know, this city is not, uh, I think the mental health crisis speaks more than anything regarding defund the police or social upheaval. I think it's just a matter of mental health uh, not being a factor in how the NOPD is treating its officers. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that going on. And I think this whole area... And physical health. Yeah, I think this whole area has experienced an excessive amount of trauma, most of which has never been kind of helped. And then once you don't have anyone enforcing the laws, it starts to kind of snowball upon itself. And uh, yeah, I really don't think this is as political as people want it to be, where it's like, oh, you can draw a direct line from you know the George Floyd stuff to this. Like, no, I just think this region has been really traumatized with a whole bunch of shit. And once you've allowed this atrophy to happen inside the department and not done anything to fix it, then you've just kind of allowed this thing to run rampant. And here's where we are. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we're saying all this tomorrow, I'm going to be in the French quarter and that little Mr. Bean police car is going to like yell at me for <laughs> blocking the way. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> well, Matty, hey, cab. <laughs> Matty Landry, who's a, uh, I guess a state representative was talking about it. Like people don't stop at red lights anymore. I was like, would you? Yeah. I was like, there's there's no laws anymore. There's 35 people policing the whole city. The odds of you getting caught for anything seem impossible. Yeah. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to start shooting fireworks out of my car. And really, New Orleans is a couple months away from creating the Mad Max uh, car mob. And it'll be fine. Yeah. I think the Gotham City stuff is getting really close to home. You heard it here first. You going to put on the suit? I'll put on the Robin suit. <laughs> the one from the Adam West one where he's like wearing bikini bottoms. You'd make a great Robin. Yeah, uh, that's what my male friends at the strip club kept saying. Uh, on that note, if that wasn't uh, already pretty bad, we're going to go right into my favorite part of every single week, ladies and gentlemen. The worst! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb. The worst. The worst is the worst thing I saw or heard or read this week. Um, This is from the Today Show. We were talking about this place earlier. Uh, brawl breaks out at Disney World. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Three arrested, one hospitalized. Uh, two groups got into a fight at Disney World, ending an arrest and one injury. A spokesperson for the Orange County Sheriff's Office in Orlando said that the brawl occurred Wednesday evening inside the Magic Kingdom. One family was in line for Mickey's Philhar Magic oh concert. My God. And, you know, blood's already boiling. <laughs> When you're waiting to see I can't, can't think of a place that breeds fight fighting words like Mickey's Philharmonic Magic. Have you ever been to MMA fight? No. It everyone in there <laughs> wants you to bump into them or spill it. Everyone at an MMA fight wants to fight you. It's just like at a golf tournament, everyone dresses like they're going to go play golf. <laughs> yeah. And in line for Mickey's Philhar Magic, everyone is ready. To kick some ass. Uh, 
One family was in line for the concert when a member left the line to grab her cell phone, which she had left in her rascal scooter. There we go. That's the most Disney sentence that's ever been uttered. She, when she tried rejoining the line, I guess, told uh, this blog that another family refused to let her in and physically pushed her back after the show ended. So they pushed this lady and then set aside their differences for the magic <laughs> of the Disney Philharmonic. I don't even know what this is. Is this like the robot presidents, but a band? <laughs> I've been to Disney World several times. I've never seen the Philharmonic. You've never fought a family in line either for... <laughs> oh, that, that I'm not saying. Yeah, I've definitely Going to get the Rascal Scooter. Get the phone out of the Rascal Scooter. It doesn't say that, but I bet it was a jitterbug phone. <laughs> you know, it just has like two buttons. Um, fights do occasionally break out at theme parks. That's it says that in this story. Like, yeah, oh, oh very show. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this week, after multiple teenage fights forced Knott's Berry Farm to close early, the Buena Park, California-based amusement park issued a new chaperone policy on Fridays and Saturdays <laughs> until further notice. Look, COVID's over. People are ready to fight somebody <laughs> in the teacup ride. <laughs> Last year, a Las Vegas man was sentenced to six months in jail for participating in a 2019 family brawl in Disney's Toontown. Awesome. Wasn't that the basis of Roger Rabbit? Somebody was run over with a steamroller. (laughs) And dipped in a pile of dip. And it turned out he was a cartoon as well. Uh, A video taken at Disney's Toontown fight in 2019 depicted a man spitting on a woman hitting her and pulling her hair. Multiple people joined the tussle, and an elderly woman in a wheelchair was injured. Um, Lord. There have also been unruly fights at Worlds of Fun in Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So this is a bit of a theme park epidemic of fighting people, and the video, which I watched, it is two families... Large families, both physically and numerically. <laughs> and it is it is a theme park brawl. Like, it's like a Jeez. 17, 18-minute video, and they are beating each other up next to the Dole Whip. Oh, my God. Dude, you go to that place, and there's just such an entitlement amongst everyone there, because everyone spend. It's always at, it's all advertised as being, this is going to be the most important week of your life as mm-hmm. a family. So you go there, they charge you a zillion dollars for everything, and they guess like how you're just like supposed to be normal. It's like, oh, it's five fifty for water. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. It's Disney World. This is great. It's a thousand degrees, and you stand in line all day. Nothing about it is really all that fun, but it's supposed to be the most fun you've ever had. And so, as you're not having fun, and the day continues along, every single little annoyance starts to grow on you until you become a rageaholic. And you slash out another family who's getting their phone from the rascal scooter, and you punch them mercilessly. <laughs> I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often. To be perfectly honest, the amount of order it requires to have that many people standing in lines all day, and it's not just for the rides; it's also for food, it's also for transportation. Like everything requires that little bit of order, and there's no one to really maintain the order. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone's getting ripped off and sweating all Well, day. they defunded Buzz Lightyear <laughs> thanks to the protest. And now there's nobody. Woody got suspended for 
Using slurs. <laughs> he didn't change his name. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. There is. Uh, I'm surprised there's not a brawl every day at Disney World. I mean, the the best part of this video is everyone punching each other in the face is wearing mouse ears. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's great. And like a custom shirt that's Magic like, shirts. you know, I paid. Like the dad's <laughs> wearing a shirt that's like, I paid for this trip. <laughs> And then it's like the mom mouse, and they're just you know pulling each other's. <laughs> There's it's a great place to walk around because there's so many people wearing shirts that literally say like "best day ever," and they're screaming at each oh, other's yeah. faces. There's nothing better than seeing somebody in a greatest day ever shirt get kicked right in the tits. <laughs> Oh, like this is the I've been waiting fifty two years for this day, and they're like just standing under a like it's standing in the sun <laughs> on a ride next to a guy that has a uh, a sign that says one hundred and twelve minutes till this ride goes. <laughs> like, you're like, well, this is, keep waiting, sister. Uh, on that note, uh, we will wrap up this week's podcast. This was uh, wonderful to be back after a week long absence. Uh, we're going to be really shifting into a lot of saints in the next couple of weeks. Please uh, let us know what you think of the episodes. As always, you can email polkandcush at gmail.com. And our Twitter feed is still active at Polk and Kush. You can uh, reach out to Mr. Polk that way. He will get back to you. We love each and every one of you. Please don't forget to like and rate, subscribe, tell your friends, tell everybody. Uh, hopefully we will see some more pick up here with sports coming back it's been a long summer we love each and every one of you we will talk to you next week see ya